This episode is sponsored by IOTA Origin, which is bringing tokenized commodities into Shimmer DeFi. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to a new episode. I'm here with Jorge from Eulaturs, where we are going to dive a little bit into what type of service they, they are offering. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Hey, thanks, thanks. Thanks for the invite and for the uh, adapting to my time window. I'm on an event at Valencia, uh, Digital Summit. Uh, it's a very important event here at Spain. And I'm, I'm glad you were able to match all the agendas. Yeah, th- thank you so much for, for taking the time. I know you're pretty busy and you're busy at the event right now. Um, so we not, try not to keep you here for the entire day. Uh, we'll just dive right into questions. Uh, if Before we go into Euler Tours, could you explain to us how you ended up in the crypto space? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, saving in Bitcoin, like pretty much buying Bitcoin at, at Bit, uh, Coinbase or Binance. And then uh, somehow I got uh, ITER to trade with Leverage and start uh, doing spot trading. And I found it interesting. So I started learning my way through it. And at some point I felt very confident. So I left uh, some orders open while I was driving my kid to school and I got fully liquidated. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm not a very ambitious person. I wasn't doing it for the money because well, I, I, I was getting a good salary from the corporation I was, I was working on. But I am a very competitive person. So I decided to try to get it back. And instead of doing rate trading, I decided to just build my way to that fortune again. And I landed into a project at the Binance Smart Chain last year called uh, World Finance. I wanted to become a blockchain developer, learning how crypto works and, and start building in the blockchain. And after 15 days on the project, they say, hey, mate, you are uh, too qualified for this type of operation. Um, you rather build your own platform if you want to do bigger things. Uh, so I did it. I just went through the launchpad. We raised some uh, capital and I started this crypto project that has been on the market for 18 months and somehow and against all odds uh, we're still here cool congratulations mate that's great that you managed to to go from being an employee to being the employer if i'm able to say that um so you guys created euler tools if you could explain um like easy explained what euler tools is all about yeah, at Euler Tools, we found the problem that corporations wasn't going to use this technology and adopt uh, crypto or blockchain unless there was reliable uh, services backing the technology and their growth. Uh, corporations are also slow movers and they need things to be very straightforward in terms of adoption. And I, as I was super biased by being a, a former corporate worker, um, I decided to build this platform, right? Like, like having a end-to-end platform that can aggregate data from all blockchains and allow you to interact with the blockchains without having a wallet or a metamask or, or using a browser and instead building apis and the whole idea was that um, we should be able to uh, make a bank adopt blockchain easily without having to all throw because they own smart contracts and, and managing their keys and that's how we built Euler, not because uh, uh, we were doing anything mathematical, but because we were doing a graph approach to the whole thing. Like instead of considering blockchain as isolated environments, uh, we thought they were actually nodes from a bigger ecosystem and we wanted to connect them all. 
So we took inspiration into Euler, Leonard Euler, the mathematician, and we built a set of tools that uh, were required to connect all the nodes in the, the modern world. Mm, cool. But like, what type of situation were you in when you saw that Euler is something that could be needed for the crypto ecosystem? The, the, um, the, the problem with blockchain itself is that uh, there's no inflow of talent uh, from corporations in terms of technology product or, or things like that into the blockchain itself. There is products building on top of the blockchain, but the situation right now is that the adoption is way lower than it should be. The crypto market itself is very small. The technology does not seem to have uh, use cases that are accessible for everyone. Like the, there is huge niches. That's why we have a lot of decentralized applications. But uh, banks, for example, needs a whole lot of services that the blockchain cannot provide right now. And we aim to solve that gap. Yeah. And uh, what type of services do you see that is most demand for? Um, being able to operate crypto assets without uh, keys, uh, like not having wallets, is pretty much the, the best use case right now anyone can build. Like while everyone is building entry barriers, uh, being able to smash them is what corporations are demanding. Uh, corporations does not want to be regulated as a crypto asset operators. They don't want to hold crypto in their balance sheets. They want to use blockchain, but without having to be involved into any crypto operation, mostly because of the lack of regulation. There is no laws protecting them. So how can they expose their customers to that uh, is the most uh, raised question on meetings. And by building uh, decentralized, uh, automated tools to operate crypto assets is how we can onboard them right now hmm and uh, if i may ask what type of companies do you see usually are coming into this like they want to get into crypto is it like uh car companies or is it like tech companies banks are the uh, most demanding customers there is uh right now the at europe which is where we operate uh, the demand of having crypto providers or blockchain providers is racing Banks have finally have the regulation protecting them. So this means that they can start adopting partially some of the services that crypto offers. And the other corporations approaching to blockchain are logistics companies. Uh, companies need to uh, trace uh, shipments or payments or stuff like that across multiple countries or regions are the, the two most demanding. Um, for ourselves, uh, what makes most uh, sense is um, I, the digital identity. The centralized digital identity is where we should be starting seeing more more adoption in the near future. Mm. Yeah, I agree that. Uh, I've had a couple of podcasts with people developing digital identity and it really seems like it's a topic that really is uh, growing into a lot of demand these days. Yeah, it's, it's getting a lot of traction in terms of not generating new identities. Like KYC does not prove identity. Uh, if, if you do the KYC, you are only uh, demonstrating you own a document that says you are named, I don't know, Jorge, right? But that document is not yours. So it's basically a document someone else issued certifying you are the person you say you are. And you pretty much adopted that identity. That, that approach is making it difficult for uh, crypto or blockchain to replace it. 
the, the majority of the companies building digital identity are just issuing NFTs that represents you, but are not tied to any legal document or other KYC process. Uh, I think if we manage to, to aggregate all the decentralized identity providers, like the passport, the driver's license, bank account, emails, into a single place and tokenize all that, is where we might uh, see a disruptive uh, technology. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I've spoken to Tangle Labs and in Pierce Technologies, and they are both doing like these uh, digital identity aspects, and it's um, it's really a cool idea, and I think it's actually going to see quite quickly adoption of that type of technology rather fast. Yeah, that? in terms of digital identities, it's not just who you say you are, it's also who do you want to uh, demonstrate others you are, right? So it's yeah. not just that, hey, yeah, I'm Jorge, I'm from Spain, I'm the CEO and founder of Euler Tools. I might also be Jorge de los Santos League of Legends player, right? And, and to demonstrate I play League of Legends and to have my uh, gamer ID, um, that might need to be verified because I need to be 18 plus to be able to buy with credit card uh, RP. <laughs> so this, this whole thing needs to be merged together on a single space. Like it's not just who you say you are, it's who do you want to show others uh, you are. And, and it is there that we enter into this uh, double standard in which uh, right now we are just uh, delivering our personal data to every single sign up on every page, and we don't know what's going on with that data. Like we just upload our, uh, our, our ID or digital or ID from the government to a centralized exchange, like it's uh, nothing. And that digital ID can be used for pretty much anyone, from impersonating you, uh, changing your credit score, enrolling into another exchange with the same identity and, and faking that KYC. So it's, it's a delicate topic and there is no tool. Like end users like you and me does not have tools to manage our identities. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So do you tools have uh, any upcoming plans for the future? Oh yeah, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so yeah, we are building these digital identity uh, tools for the accelerator programs here at Spain. So they can certify the startups. We are also working with the uh, police because as we aggregate all the data from the blockchains, we can provide them with forensic data to try to fight cybercrime. We are also working with um, exchanges to generate these uh, digital identities uh, tokens like the Binance verification token, but uh, building a vanilla solution. Uh, we just had a talk with HP, Hewlett Packard, that wants to start working with physical assets, which is pretty much uh, buying an NFT and getting a physical copy or buying a physical object and getting an NFT representing it. And, and this uh, lead uh, list might go on uh, for hours because uh, we are starting to talk with big corporations that sees blockchain as a nice solution to build programmability. Mm, yeah, it seems like the, the companies and governments are starting to see that the uh there's actually a, a very good use for, for this technology in the daily lives of everyone. Yeah, the, the blockchain adds a value to uh, traditional business models and interoperability layers that is not uh, does not have competitors on any other technology. Like you need blockchain to do what we are about to start. Yeah. Um, do you find it a little bit di more difficult these days when the, the market is crashing and despite everything else going on in the world? 
Yeah, it's just totally, <laughs> it's totally related. Um, we actually had two crypto crashes. We left the March to June last year bump, uh, bump on the market when we were able to do our ICO. And then one more later, uh, the liquidity of the company just went to zero. Uh, we raised on BNB and we stored our value into um, not stable coins. So the crypto market crash and we just have to refund the company with my savings. So it was a very dramatic situation. We had to fire everyone. Then the market went up again in October, uh, raised capital again, or, or value reserves that were in BNB just become like half a million dollars. So we were able to hire people again. And then since uh, December to February, when the war started, um, we also lost 70% uh, of our uh, value. So it's very hard to detail uh, or to decouple the, the crypto from the tech company we are also, uh, or we are. And, and that's uh, kind of uh, the, one of the struggles we face every day, right? Like we did an ICO, we have a token, we respect that and we honor that and we treat the token as another product and it has it, its own roadmap. But uh, with the market as it is, it's super hard for us to find uh, new people to be interested into the token while companies, real world companies, find use cases in our technology. So there is this uh, double standard to measure us in which this is a tech startup with uh, huge leads with corporations, but our token is 70% down. So how do we measure our real market cap? Uh, and that's something we have to uh, fight every day. We have to take care of our community. We have to uh, keep it engaged. We have to be fully transparent on what we are doing, how are we raising capital, what are our plans with the token. And at the same time, we need to focus on the B2B, the corporates, the, the real growth, uh, that can impact on the blockchain on the next world run. And that's all, all, <laughs> all uh, juggling right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's it's pretty simple when you see the situation that we are in right now with the war and the inflation and recession and everything going on. The companies that want to actually adopt crypto technology maybe are backing a little bit out of it, not putting it as a first priority because they also are losing a ton of money. So they have to, to figure out what to focus on and what's um, to take in a later stage, which uh, of course is something that people are, that are actually building on the crypto technology will notice because if everybody's backing out to be a little bit more careful, then there's not really much business to do. Yeah, yeah this is exactly the problem. For most of the companies created the uh, use case around crypto, not blockchain, and it wasn't a valid business model at all. Like uh, we are seeing that on Axie Infinity, for example, in which they are continuously losing value and they didn't change anything. Like it, it is exactly the same product as it was before, but there's no way in which they can decouple from crypto. Like they are what they are, they need to be tied to it. And I do not know, neither do, neither they do, um, how are they going to recover the value for their customers? Because the game makes sense. It's a funny game. You can play it. But if you invest on the token, um, you are just tied in terms of technology to that exact same token. So if the token goes down, your whole company seems to be going down. You might have more players. You might have more revenue. But the token is worthless. So how, how do you tell everyone that your company is actually worth more? When they are all underwater, it's, it's a huge problem. Mm. 
Yeah, you also said that, which I admire, that you guys survived the the bear market, which is kind of a, uh, a proof that you you mean business. You're not here for the for the quick gains. Um, but I was was wondering, what other type of projects in the crypto space um, have you noticed as being one of the serious players these days? The ones providing infrastructure are going to be huge. Um, layer two networks, uh, probably that has a specific use cases. Um, obviously, Chainlink because they build a huge uh, storytelling around what they do, and everyone seems to think that it's a mandatory piece of any blockchain. So those guys are going to survive for sure. And then there is uh, anyone building um, traditional business models with aggregated value, like uh, identity, like um, gaming but not play to earn instead of uh, aggregating crypto assets into the games for example stuff that really made sense before the blockchain existed and with blockchain it just becomes easier and then anyone uh, tokenizing traditional financial uh, mechanisms you know like uh, debt or uh, rentals like uh, real estate stuff like that yeah mm. What's your opinion about the uh, IOTA token? Sorry, what? What's your opinion about uh, IOTA? Oh, well, I the, the problem with these networks that survived 2017 is that they are barely generating traction, even though they raised trillions of money. Um, they, they seem to be moving super slow, super slow. And, and that's a problem for them. Not because their technology might not be good or because their use cases might be limited, but because at this point, everyone perceives them as a, as a zombie network. It's like they don't have transactions, their development is super slow. Like it, it happens the same with Cardano, right? So they have to first clean up their reputation, start delivering, and then uh, they will recover their the, the traction that they deserve. Because mm. IOTA, for example, has specific use cases around IoT, which is going to be a, a real thing. Uh, it, it is already happening, but not at the level in which IOTA expected it. But as soon as IoT really becomes like everyone is, is, has their wearables, IoTA might become a huge player. They still have to deal with uh, infrastructure, uh, connectivity, but in terms of the use cases, it, it makes sense. I, yeah, I that's yeah. not financial advice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll uh, just make a couple of corrections there. Um, IOTA actually only were able to raise $500 million, if I remember correctly. Oh, and, only. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the founders... No, was it $500,000? Yeah, $500,000. And um, and you, as you said, yeah, they, they were focusing on IoT, but then they saw that the market was moving away from them and stuff wasn't happening as fast as they hoped. So they just released the the Shimmer network actually, which is going to be uh, get smart contracts and everything. So they be, become a real player. But the reason I'm asking you is because I saw you guys were tweeting at IOTA the other day about um, some bridges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, what they mean, right? Like you pretty much agree with me, which they developed at the same time as the market developed, and the market is delayed. Like IoT market is not a thing yet, so they needed to pivot which is okay, into becoming a, a, let's say, a default or, a, or an average network in which you can deploy smart contracts and start building utility. And that's 
the way I think in which they will be able to recover the reputation and start building use cases and start uh, generating adoption by cleaning up the, the reputation of IOT as for IOT. Mm. This is not just for IOT, right? Like you can do more. We focus on that. The market is not ready. It's too early. But that doesn't mean we will not do it in the future. We mm. are just focusing on what makes sense now. Yeah. That, that's, a, I think, a good approach. Like Cardano, for example, has similar problems, right? Like uh, they waste a lot of money. They focus on something. They, they took a lot of money to deliver the result. And the result was not what they initially promised because it's actually not a problem. Like the, I, uh, Cardano promised trillions of transactions per second. And it's like, no, nah, we, are, we are okay with 4 million transactions. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's more yeah. than enough for crypto right now. So we don't need trillions. And they are like, but, but we, do, we can do trillions. Yeah, but we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So IOTA has the, the same thing, right? Cardano needs to focus on what they do well, build real use cases. And then if the system scales and, and the necessity is for trillions, they, they can do it. And in, in terms of the bridges, the problem with all these networks is that by having different architectures, you need to move assets through uh, different networks. And interoperability is not a thing for blockchain. So there is um, protocols building their bridges, and most of them are easily hackable or already hacked because they are based their infrastructure into a single point of failure. Like, I don't know, we have a single Oracle or there is a centralized system that stores the information or we don't perform other validations than that the tokens were deposited. And we offer them to build uh, bridges, but by using our uh, ledger uh, technology that is uh, using quantum ledger database on AWS plus Oracle information on both sides of the network. So we think we have a decent technology in terms of bridging. And we already had some conversations with other IOTA projects that uh, wanted to work with us, but uh, Shimmering Network is kind of the best use cases for, for this proof of concepts we want to build. Mm. Yeah. Let's see what's the output of this conversation. Yeah. Um, how many people are there in Ulitus right now? The Slack says we are 36, but uh, full-time there's only 25. Okay. And are you looking to hire? We hired the last person three days ago, and I think we are good to go till February, in which we either uh, raise more capital or um, get bootstrapped. Like we get uh, revenue and we validate the market. Otherwise, we won't hire anyone. Mm. We are we have enough developers, marketing, B2B um, to sustain our growth. And if the market does not respond, it does not make sense to follow. No, no, of course not. I was just wondering if, if there's anyone uh, you would need in case the listeners were, uh, were potential oh. hiring. <laughs> well, we are, we are opening the jobs page, uh, like the work with us, <laughs> classical uh, page on our site. But the community is where we will be driving or hiring. Like uh, we have the... We have a good community that is very well, um, like knows our project very well. Like they've been here for a year or more. And our commitment with the community is to first open the job openings to them. So anyone wanting to be hired uh, might want to get into our uh, Discord, Telegram, and other social networks to find that first time. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at your website. Now. It looks very nice to you and very like good. good. Overviews. 
Yeah, we need to change that website because um, it was very hard for us to explain that we were doing crypto and blockchain. So the website only reflects the crypto part and we have another website that is Euler Tool Solutions that has the blockchain part. We are yeah. now mixing both of them and rebuilding the storytelling around products plus solutions, not just uh, the product. Cool, cool. And uh, where were people able to find you guys and get in contact with you guys? At Twitter, I'm very active. I am 24-7 at our Telegram channel, unless I have an event or a trip or something like that. And then uh, our community is very responsive in Spanish, uh, sorry, in English and in Turkish. Yeah, are you using Telegram or Discord? Yeah, Telegram. Cool, cool. There is a well, link tree at our uh, Twitter and you can find us there. Cool. So then everybody go check them out on Twitter, give them a follow, see what they're up to, go to their website and scroll through what the different options, maybe they have something that you might be interested in. And um, if there's anybody within the digital entity space, feel free to post your opinion about it. And uh, so, Orga, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you, Thomas. And I really appreciate this invite because it gives me the opportunity to speak about uh, something else that's not just crypto. And I found your post very interesting. Thank you very much, man. And let, let's do another one down the road when, uh, when the market has corrected a little bit and we we're able to see some more digital identity going live. Thank, thank you so much, much man. Cheers. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Bye.